Coot. Coot right through. Got a pass on to Brass, and Brass is it for the try. Oh, so easy. Nettie to Flannery. Flannery to Rickardson. Rickardson to Fletcher. Fletcher puts the arm up, and he goes over. Fletcher scores. Now it's one-way traffic. Williams has got the ball. Gets it on to Maloney. Sets himself. Kicks for Tupo. Tupo and Williams. Tupo! In front of 41,000 screaming fans, our Roosters returned home. Led out by our undefeated NRLW side, a dominant performance saw our women's team get the cash 34-6. More on that later. But when it was time for our men, with the crowd whipped up into a frenzy thanks to the presets, the Roosters took to the field and had a point to prove. A dominant first-half performance laid the foundations for what was going to be remembered as one of the great Roosters victories. Hello and welcome to this episode of Roosters Radio. Joining me in the studio once again is producer Pat Putty. Great to be here, Sil. And, of course, joining us up there in the Isabel Kelly studios, the one and only Bells. Hello, Belinda. Hello, boys. How are you going? Doing really well. Guys, Oh, and I want to start with you, Bells, because we went to the football together, me, you, and, and Bush, um, to host um, up at the Captain's Club, and we'll, we'll talk about what a great event that was upstairs. But just some of the, the memories that we discussed as kids when we're walking down Moore Park Road, going into Gate 5, um, we were there really early, like we are there just after 4 o'clock, so there was <laughs> no one there, and we uh, made our entrance, and we got to see uh, the stadium, you know, brand new, the staff weren't even there yet, but... It was just great to share that moment with you, and I thought it was, um, you know, worth the chat. Oh, definitely something to remember. I um, I went and picked Bush up, and then we swung past Charing Cross there and picked up Silky and headed down Moore Park Road. And, yes, the memories just flooded back in, and it's such a fantastic stadium. You know, we did get there early. I think I was um, I was a bit nervous, actually. It was It was a big occasion. <laughs> but um, it was just to walk into that stadium – and just to see the field, to see the, the ground was phenomenal. And from every seat, every angle, you got a great view to watch. I mean, it was a fantastic game, but it's just a great stadium. You know what really took my breath away, guys? And, you know, we had the pregame entertainment. You know, we got to see two great games of football. But the thing that really stood out for me was the lighting. So once the players run onto the field and they hit the lights, it was so bright. It'd be amazing mm. to play under, but it just... For whatever reason, it was just the one, th- it was probably the biggest takeaway, other than the, the game itself. You know, the entertainment was great, full house, obviously, uh, but just the, as a venue, just how bright it was and being able to see everything. I thought it was, you know, well done to the SCG Trust. Yeah, it was top of the range. It reminded me a lot of an American type stadium when yes. I walked in. That's the kind of vibe I got, the real open sort of walking yep. paths, and the, it was just top of the yard. And I remember sitting there and I thought, where would you start when you built this? Like, what's the first thing you would do? It was just such an, an amazing spectacle and great couple of games to, to welcome us home. 
Well, let's go straight to that. The NRLW team, uh, look, down 6-0 early, um, but then an amazing try. Racine McGregor put a beautiful chip kick across to, uh, I think it's Leanne Tafunga for a great try. They went into the dressing rooms at 6-all, and then the Roosters just put the foot on their pedal and went whoosh. Bells, how'd you see it? Oh, I tell you what, Silky, didn't they turn it on in that second half? It was a great game of football. The crowd absolutely loved it. I was so happy that um, the girls got to open, you know, open and be the the teaser for the big game. But the crowd were just behind it. They were passionate. They were cheering. And, oh, there were some great performances. Sam Bremner, she topped the run meters and, and two line breaks. She had a cracking game. And, uh, top tackler was uh, Olivia Koenig. She yep. had a great defensive game as well. And uh, Keller, just she picked up two tries. So it was just a great game. Yeah, I thought Jocelyn Keller was really good coming off the bench there. I think she took the moment with both arms and she played some pretty big minutes as well. Yep. I'll be interested to ask Coach John Strange, who's a guest on tonight's show with Semi Bremner. And uh, I want to know if that was kind of the what they expected with the Dragons going toe-to-toe, obviously the grand final rematch. I was wondering if... That was expected, that toe-to-toe, and then really just flow off into the second half and, well, and run away with it. Look, their defence was outstanding. There was some great goal-line defence. Sammy Bremner was part of that. But look, just on Sammy Bremner, look, we touched on it uh, a couple of weeks ago. She's coming back to the fold uh, in rugby league. She she scored a great individual try. She threw the big dummy. It was a bit of an in and away, and she ran probably 30 metres to uh, score a great try. But really looking forward to talking to her today uh, because... You know, she, she's really picked up where she's left off. And I'll go as far as saying she'll be the, the buy of the year in the NRLW, Bells. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they all perform for the rest of the season. Uh, got the Knights this weekend who are also undefeated. So another cracking game on Sunday to open up the finals weekend. I touched on Racine McGregor, but I also want to give a mention of Zahara Tamara. I think our, our halves combination is really clicking. We play with depth um, and width. And I think that's where why we're being so dominant. We're scoring plenty of points, but it's off the back of our halves. Sure, we're getting the go forward through the middle through some of our bigger ladies. But I have to say, the, the way that our six and seven are playing, which is setting up our outside backs to score plenty of tries. And her goal kicking as well yeah. has improved out of sight. She was a bit rusty at the beginning of the season. But um, yeah, I think five from six on the weekend. Yeah, so she, she's definitely got her eye in on that. She sure does. Now, guys, moving on to the big one, the men's game, which uh, kicked off at 8 o'clock there. And, look, it was great to see, you know, as the players walked out, it was great to see the the Scots College drum corps out there. (laughs) I I did enjoy that. I'm assuming so. (laughs) Or whoever the drum corps were. Um, When I looked away for two (laughs) seconds and I looked back and they were all spread across the whole field. I didn't know what was going on for a second. I thought it was a great touch. I thought it was a great touch. But yeah, they, you know, with the fanfare and the, the flames coming up and then the, the kickoff and look, from the get-go, Matt Lodge, Jared Warrior Hargraves, just setting that platform through the middle, Sammy Verrill's darting up through the middle and off the back of that it led to, uh, you know, Luke Keary going to the left, attacking their right-hand side, obviously with Campbell Graham missing and uh, look, Angus Crichton, I thought he was the best player on the field. He had a field day running uh, pretty much over the top of Lachlan Elias a couple of times as well as uh, Jackson Polo, but uh, you know, plenty to like about the performance, guys. I think it was Angus Crichton's best game. I'm going to rattle off some stats. 179 run metres, 66 post-contact, three tackle breaks, two line breaks, 32 tackles, a try and a try assist. Wow. Big game. Big game. Very big game. I I thought it was, as you mentioned, Silky and and Paddy, he had a great game, but 
the forwards just dominated up mm. the middle. They just went straight up the middle and then Kiri just loving that sweeping around the left and him and Angus have just got this combination now that is just, it, it's on fire. So off the back of the forwards going forward, Kiri sweeping around and just that, you know, Angus hitting holes, It's it, it was magic to watch on Friday night. Uh, there were so many standout moments for me. Like when I, Bells, we hosted the, uh, Anthony Minicello at halftime, uh, both in the captain's club and in club uh, 1908. But to me, it felt like the game was over. I thought we were that dominant. Look, they mm. got a couple of late tries, but, you know, off the back of that first half performance, it was just a, I, I, you know, I, at one stage I thought, well, how many points can we put on them? Obviously, Jared Wara Hargrave's not coming back on the second half. Sammy Verrills uh, didn't play much, if any, of the second half also. So, you know, Robbo had the opportunity to, to let those players rest. Got a bit scrappy at times, but I, I still thought we were... You know, we were, we were a dominant team. I mean, some of those inside balls and, and the angles we're starting to use, like Teddy carving up the middle, there was that one break he made in the first half where I think he tripped over himself. It looked like it was going to be a try. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the oh. second try that he scored where uh, Angus makes the break up the left-hand side um, and he scored the try there. It was a funny moment, that one, because, Bells, we were watching together and Poor Drewy Hutchison there. We'll, we'll call him the steamship. He was just puffing along, and he had his head down, and he was pumping the arms trying to catch up with Angus, and then the speedboat on the inside, T- James Tedesco just came zooming up, drew the fullback, and it was a, a great try. But then, I mean, look, after that, just the brilliance of a 19-year-old kid saw that Latrell Mitchell wasn't uh, was up in the line and, and grubbed for himself. Like, you know, that was Phil Blake-esque, for those who remember, Bells. How good is he playing, Sammy Walker? I I think there was an article today saying that he could be the player of this final series. So uh, obviously they're talking him up, but he played. He he is that ultimate eyes up football player. Yeah, just you know he he knew Latrell was in the line, then put that grubber through, and it was it was a great play. The occasion didn't get to him at all either, did it? I mean, you, no. you've seen him do that throughout the year, but. In a game like that with so much on the line, I mean, to get a game back at Allianz this week. Well, Paddy, I mean, look, it was second tackle, right? Second or third yeah. tackle. Just to have the vision to, to back yourself, put a grubber through. Like, it was deft touch too, by the way. Like, he had to, you know, uh, he had a bit of work to do to get the football. But just the brilliance, the sheer brilliance to back yourself and do that, uh, you know, hats off to the young man. Yeah, definitely. Like, a lot of confidence to be able to do that. But you mentioned earlier Silky and... Uh, Honestly, we have spoken about him every week, but Lodgy. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. He's just... Big minutes. Big mm. minutes. You know, Jared went off and, and rested because he's got a slight neck injury that he's been carrying for, you know, the last four or so weeks. And um, Lodgy just thought, righto, I'll take it. Took the ball by the horns and just... He had a great game. Just kept laying the platform and just played outstanding. A couple of other people I'd like to mention. Look, he's been a bit maligned this year, but I thought Paul Momorowski probably had his best game this yeah. season. Uh, you know, didn't put a foot wrong. And I thought the Butcher boys, in particular Nat's defence, I think he topped the tackle count, which he's doing most weeks. But also yeah. Egan, he scored that great individual try, but he did some tough carries too in that second half. And, uh, you know, he, he's really finding his feet in that squad where, you know, when he first came into grade, there was a few errors in him, like like all young first graders. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, he's he's really looked like he's part of that team and it's been great to watch. But, I mean, across across the field... All our players were good. Yes, look, in, as you mentioned as well, there were a few things in the second half that I'm sure Robbo's going to pick up on this week and um, take into the game on Sunday. There's always room for improvement, but there's also some positives. 87% completion rate yeah. and um, our errors were low, which was great. Six errors the whole game. So from what we've been doing lately, that's actually a quite a good number.
Well, Bells, I know the first half we completed at 90%. I think it was 18 from 19 sets. Uh, and I think that just comes down to the style of play. We've talked about it the last couple of weeks. We're playing direct. We're playing through the middle. Nothing fancy. And then, you know, when we're getting a bit of field position, putting it out to those flanks, and uh, it, it's it's working. I think it was a credit to the team and Robbo as well because I was a bit worried with Takiaho coming in, not because of his ability. I think he had a blinder, but he's a completely different player to Rads in regards to ball playing. So I think they really would have had to change up Rads is like a, a second 5'8 on the field, and they love to use him in that play. So I think they adapted really well and still use the ball edge to edge without having that middleman in Rads there. Yeah. No, I thought it oh, – yeah, you're right. Yeah. Now, guys, lastly, before we go to our first break, the crowd. Let's touch on oh. the crowd. It was so yeah, good. Was- and I remember it took me back to 2018. So the last time we played South there was the preliminary final uh, in 2018, which we went on and won 12-4. That was a bumper crowd. We went on and won the grand final that year, and it – that I actually mentioned it to Ryan from uh, the Roosters. I said it was deafening as the players ran out onto the field. You know, there's been a few columns written about the booing and so on and so forth. I don't buy much into that. I think uh, the fans were passionate out there. What um, it's all about, isn't exactly it? Exactly right. And it was great <laughs> that there were so many Roosters fans there to to be part of that special day, another, another chapter in the book, as it were. Um, and let's just hope that they're all there again this week um, when it's sudden death. Couldn't agree more, Silky. We are on Roosters Radio and we'll be right back after the break with our NRLW coach, John Strange, and the player of the weekend, Sammy Bremner. Well, Roosters fans, and a real treat this week, we've got two of our NRLW stars. One, our coach, John Strange. Well, he's led us to victory, Bells and Patty, and uh, he's such a great coach and he's such a great mentor to the girls. They look up to him so much and he guided them last Friday night up against the Might of the Dragons, who are a very classy outfit. But also, Bells, we have Sammy Bremer. Sammy, our fullback, scored one, set up two. She was absolutely scintillating, or in your words, Bells, in cracking form. Please welcome to Roosters Radio, on debut, Sammy Bremer, and of course, an old friend of the show, our coach, John Strange, or Strangey, as he's also known. Thanks for having us. Thank you. John, we've been asked by fans, by everyone, by each other, what do we call? Do we call you John, which is your given name? Do we call you a strange coach? Do we call you strangey? Do we call you Coach Strange? And we've had a vote in here and we said, look, we call Trent Robinson out of respect, Coach Robbo or Coach Robinson. So I want to just put it to you, if you don't mind, we'd love to call you Coach Strange. Look, I'm happy with that. Um, if you guys want to call me Coach Strange, that, that's fine. A couple of people have called me by my Christian name, John, and then the rest of the players are like, what? Is that his actual name? So <laughs> most people call me Strangey, but um, I'll go by anything, to be honest, Bush. So so if you're happy with Strangey or Coach Strange, mate, we'll, we'll get a bit of license. I just got Paddy, the producer, mate. He, he doesn't want to get the uh, the elocution wrong, that's for sure. Well, Coach Strange, love, love having you on. Let's just kick off. You must be so proud, uh, you know, of what the girls have achieved earlier on in the year, and then... To run out on Friday night, you know, we, we, the Dragons come to play. We know that, and we'll talk to Sammy about that minute, her old club. But to see the girls handle them the way they did and just run onto that new stadium, how was the experience? How was the build-up, and how did it make you feel? Well, it, was, it was outstanding for me, um, personally, to, for the girls to have the opportunity to run out there to be the first um, yeah, group of players. Obviously, the Dragons girls as well to actually have that opportunity to run out there. I mean, that's something special that... Uh, we weren't sure if it was going to happen, and I know um, Joe Kelly um, and Nick Politis had, um, had, had spoken to the NRL a fair bit about the opportunity that that would create for the women's game if that was was able to happen. And then 
few discussions and meetings, yeah, they made it happen with the broadcasters. So firstly, for it to, for those guys to actually push for that um, says a lot about what they think about the Women's Rugby League within our own club, which is which is great for me um, and obviously the players. So, yeah, I knew it was going to be a special occasion for the, for the girls and they were very excited. Um, we found out probably two weeks prior and, um, yeah, well, the girls were really excited. But I guess for me then my role the week leading up was trying to keep a little bit of a lid on that that excitement because I just wanted the girls to focus on um, on playing the game against the Dragons, you know, obviously a very good side. And I, I just didn't want them to re- remember that uh, occasion um, probably for the rest of their life for the wrong reasons. And um, so the fact that they were outstanding, um, you know, got the result that they wanted and then, you know, you you put all that in, in with the experience. I think it's something they'll remember for a long time. But, yeah, Sammy will be able to, I guess, talk more about that as an actual player that ran out. Yeah, we're going to ask that. Sammy, uh, you know, you come from the Dragons. It's such a great club, a traditional club, and full respect to them. They they really come to play, you know, coached by um, just a slightly lesser coach than Jamie Soward, obviously, <laughs> but uh, tactically. But, uh, no, in all honesty, it must have been amazing for you. You know, you've got some, a young family. You must be so proud of you. You know, you've... You've been, uh, you know, a New South Wales Blues representative. You've uh, been a Jillaroo. Uh, and to run out Friday night at a brand new stadium in this just amazing atmosphere, as well as how beautiful the actual $800 million stadium is, how did you feel? Yeah, I think, like, as Stranger said before, it was an extremely exciting week. Um, first of all, for playing just another game of football, the girls seemed to get really excited week in, week out about our new opponents. Um, and then, obviously, being the first team to play at Allianz, was extremely exciting and everything's new in there and there's bright lights and there's things you haven't seen before and it was most definitely a balancing act of taking it in and, you know, understanding how important the occasion was but understanding that what our main focus is to play football there and if you don't play football and that is the number one thing, then you're not there in the first place. So it was a balancing act of taking it all in and loving that um, and experiencing that all together, but also keeping your real focus on the footy game because, you know, if you go home after a loss or playing bad as a team or, you know, not doing what your intentions were in the first place, then you're probably not going to remember how good the bright lights were. The, the, the one thing I noticed was how new it smelt. I don't know if that was normal or not, but I thought it gets like a new exactly car but, you know, you don't really remember those things if at the end of the day you don't really go well at the footy part of things. So um, it was a really great experience. Obviously, wonderful that we were able to play so well and and get the win. And, um, yeah, I guess, as they say, you can only make history once. And it was unreal that we all got to do that together. Yeah, Sammy, beautiful words and, and so well put. Can I ask you just for our young Roosters fans, young female Roosters fans, they're going to listen to this. I loved being out there and watching Silky, who's not with us today on the podcast. He's got two daughters, and they were so inspired by you girls. I just love how it's just gaining such momentum. It's it's like rabbits breeding. It's unbelievable. It's just everywhere. <laughs> what got you into uh, playing women's rugby league and, and now, obviously, in RLW? Uh, well, I used to love rugby league. I think a lot, like a lot of us, um, grew up watching it. My dad coach the local team and my brother played and so I was always just around it so I just naturally loved it um but as a young girl there was no real pathway and my mum wasn't a real fan of me playing with the boys when I was 12 um so I played netball my whole life and did every other sport 
And then when I turned 18, I just wanted to play so bad and I heard there was a competition down in Wollongong. So I got on Facebook and I literally messaged every person or every girl that I thought would be able to have half a chance of catching a footy and just asked if she'd want to play rugby league with me. And that was 13 years ago now. And that team went on to represent Helensburg and we won four premierships in a row. And then the journey sort of just started from there. And honestly, when I first started playing rugby league, um, I didn't even know that there was representative honours. I thought that I'd play with my mates um, we'd go play in the Wollongong comp and that's it. That's as far as women's rugby league goes. I didn't know that at the time there was an interstate challenge. So you got to play essentially what's now state of origin. Um, there was a Gillaroos side. Um, and even when I got back from the 2013 World Cup and we had won for the first time, we went, I went to a school um, as a part of the NRL development program. And I remember the, the girl that I was running the show there, she said, um, Oh, hands up if you've ever heard of the Gillaroos. She was sort of like alluding to, you know, what had just happened. We'd won the World Cup and one boy put his hand up and I was surprised at that. I was like, oh, awesome. He knows the Gillaroos because no one else does. And uh, he said, I know them. They play hockey. And I sort of just laughed. I was like, perfect. <laughs> okay, that's where we are. But to me, I, I didn't mind because it was just normal. No one really knew that women played rugby league and, from then, it's just been such an amazing adventure and probably within the last five years, it has gone from strength to strength and it has become mm. such a spectacle to watch. And even to the point where when I didn't play earlier this year because of having my second baby, I thought, I don't know if I can come back because of the speed that is it's accelerating. Even when I did come back, just things from how professional it is at training now, um, to even when it was, you know, three or four years ago and the expectations that the players themselves have of themselves and each other has changed and all these little things that are just making the game so much better and the players so much better and it's a really exciting time and this has all happened in five years and, and it's so exciting at the thought of what can happen in the next five. Sam, just wanted to touch on, you know, you mentioned 13 years ago how, you know, your journey began in rugby league and I've played in a lot of team sport as well. And just for any young girl out there that's about to embark on this, you know, journey of their own, I'm talking on the level of friendships and and team. What can you say to a young girl that wants to start her career on how important it is and the friendships that you've made along the way with all your mates? It's funny. This is a good question because um, a couple of weeks ago I went and had a chat to some of the local girls that were in the first ever um, rugby league camp. So one of the local coaches here got some girls together and, and they did a camp, which was so good, just about rugby league skills. And this is for girls aged between 9 and 14. And they asked me the similar question. They said, like, what is it? Is it the friends or how enjoyable is it to play football with your friends? And the best way I could explain it to young girls, I said, you know, when you're at a sleepover or a school camp and you all get in each other's rooms and the teacher comes in and they're like, be quiet, go to bed. Or if you're at a sleepover, the parents are yelling at you to go to sleep and you're giggling and you're talking about the boys you've got to crush on and you're talking about what's going on at school and you're getting really excited for tomorrow's activities and through all that you bond and you become the best of friends and you know each other inside out and then when things don't go to plan in your life you have those friends that know you so deeply 
that can help pick you back up and you enjoy all the fun things and all the not so fun things together. Um, I said that is exactly what Women's Rugby League is like. It's like being at school camp and having a sleepover all the time Um, and that's why I continue to play. It's so funny you say that because obviously I've, you know, I played a lot of touch football and not long ago, a few weekends ago, we all got together again. And I swear it was like we were 15 again. <laughs> yeah. We were that stupid. <laughs> Hang on, what goes on at the but, casino stays at the casino bells. We talked about this. It is lifelong <laughs> friends. Like I'm obviously a lot older now, 46. But oh, any young girl that is out there listening, that's exactly what it is like. It's just, it's, it's lifelong friends and it's just so important. It is, and it's different to school, and and school friends are also wonderful. Um, But you're in a group in sport and in rugby league where you're with like-minded girls. So you all are competitive to different degrees, but usually to a a higher degree than others. Um, You all are working extremely hard for your goals, and you'll have similar goals and, and then different goals. And so with those types of things comes a lot of understanding for each other um you understand each other when you've come to training and you're not yourself because there might be things going on in your life that are putting pressure on you as a performer or um you as a in your private life and you because you have the same goals and you're on the same career path and you you go through the same things you just understand each other and you can be a better friend when you understand what someone else is going through so um yeah like I said it's a a roller coaster thing, but you make the best friends out of it. It's amazing. And, you know, Coach Strange, it leads me to the question that I really wanted to ask you. Sammy, you're so well led, you know, and the man that aligns the team and that you guys look to and look up to. And, you know, some of the girls have called him an uncle, a second father. So many great superlatives come out of last year's grand final, but certainly a coach, a mentor. Coach, uh, we asked you off air you know why you did this and what was your passion and and what really drives you to to continue to have the success and the growth with the girls and could you just explain the little insight that you gave us because I thought it was brilliant as well and it segues perfectly off what Sammy said yeah yeah for me like coaching in general I just want to uh like my main role with the Roosters for quite a few years has been development and um just developing players individual players that's what I still really focus on when I coach, to be honest. It's not necessarily just the team as a whole and just the result, which obviously I know is important at this level, but it's still my main focus is on every single player that's in the squad and, and helping them um, become the best player they can be. Uh, that's that's my drive. And then if you if the, the players can all keep improving no matter what level they're at, um, whether they're young girls coming out of Tarsi Gale or whether they're you know seasoned pros that have played for their country, if they can all keep improving, um, individually, and then you put that together as a team, you, you're hopefully going to put a good product out on the field. And, and I think for me as well, now being involved in Women's Rugby League, it's um, it's so important that we keep that good product out on the field so people want to just keep you know tuning in. It obviously happened last year, the back end of the season, and so many people sort of jumped on it and Rugby League fans who probably – um, you know, just just been sort of male rugby league fans. I know I've, I've spoken to a lot of people in my area where they were sort of not really into watching the women play for quite a few years. You know, they've been honest with me, which is good. But the back end of last season, they they really they switched on and they loved what they saw. So for me, that's my drive. I wanted as many fans to get behind it, and then um, you know that's all. That's just going to improve the um, the state of the women's game, and then hopefully you know we get um, more sponsorship and the girls can then 
uh, realise their dreams in, in relation to turning professional at some stage. I know, I also know that's going to take a bit of time because the men have been doing it for quite a while. But um, yeah, it's really important that we put a good product out there that's so more and more people actually want to watch it. And um, I've got guys, mates of mine now, that will watch our women's team, not just because of me, but they'll watch them play and they won't watch certain, and I won't mention them, certain NRL teams because they're just uninteresting. Um, and, you know, they just don't want to watch them because they're not putting a good product out there. So so that's really my drive at the moment. And obviously I know I'm in a results-based industry and it's about winning, but I, I just, for me, it's kind of secondary to helping the women's game and, and helping individual players become as good as they can be. Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. Bells and I uh, had the pleasure of hosting the captain's club on the opposite side to where the girls ran out. And the consensus amongst the crowd is the game is so exciting. You know, Sammy, you guys play such an exciting brand of football. And, you know, strange, you're putting in place, you know, the strategy and the tactics. And I think the common feedback, I get it from mates of mine. I'm not watching that game. And I said, well, at least you're honest. I said, mate, I would love my daughter to have played. She's 27 now to have played rugby league. I said, but I tell you what I love. It reminds me of football in the 80s. And I said this to you a couple of times up in the in the room when you've come up and spoken to us. It's not as structured, which I love. And the girls are playing with a lot of skill that you don't get to see in some NRL teams. Some you do. And that's what I think is so appealing because they'll chance their arm a bit. They'll put a little kick over the top or they'll throw a flick pass. But they've also got enough structure and defence. And, Bells, we talked about it. We just we, – we love it. We can't get enough. What I find interesting and strange, I've got the coach here now, but in the women's game, the completion rate seems a lot higher. And But you're throwing the football from one end to the other and trying all these things. But, wow, there's some good footballers then. Uh, this is one of those women do better comments. John, be careful here. Listen, I've got the coach here. I'm asking him, not you. We're surrounded. We're surrounded, strangey. Well, no, I know, but um, it's funny actually because last season, obviously, we, we got off to a slow start um, and we weren't playing great. And our completion rate was sort of around 50% for the first two rounds. So we had to scale last season the way we were trying to play, which we're playing now. We had to scale that back to basically just win games because we'd lost our first two and. I spoke to the squad about um, how we were going to do that and then we were going to, you know, if we were to win the comp, we couldn't play like that because we had to just keep evolving through the season, which the girls did. So this season we've we've started, I guess, um, probably further along to how we were when we won the grand final, to be perfectly honest. And one thing I was really impressed with, and I said to the girls after round one against Parra this season, is our completion rate was in the high 80s. Um, but we weren't playing boring footy. So you can you can get it. I'm not obsessed with completion rates and, and stats, but um, because that can, you know, you can have a high completion rate and just play boring footy and tuck it under the arm and just, you know, play a set of six out and kick it. Very uninteresting. So the fact that the girls had a high completion rate and they have in all three games and are playing the brand of footy that, that we want to play, which is exciting and, and moving the ball from side to side, um, yeah, I just... It's the skill level of these girls that um, all credit goes to them, you know, because it's, it's all going well me as a coach saying we want to play this way, but if the girls aren't up to it, it doesn't work. Um, and I just think I'm really fortunate to have a, an, an awesome group of girls that are very skillful, very tough, and have got the attitude to just to carry it out and back themselves. Speaking of the way you want to play in the team, taking it back to Friday night, it was a pretty uh, toe-and-toe first half, went into the Sheds, all tied up, and then what was the message out there? I mean, was that was that expected to kind of weather the storm there in that first half, and then come out and run away with it? What was the message you sent out? Because in that second half, we just came out and mm-hmm. and it just blew them off the park. 
Yeah, well, the message went out midway through the first half. That, um, we started a certain way um, in our shapes and structures to, I guess you could say, weather the storm, but probably fatigue, try and fatigue the Dragons um, in a way that um, then will enable us to actually play through them, which we did really well in, in the, probably the first 20 minutes. Um, but, yeah, we didn't actually adapt like we have done and change, yeah, sort of the back end of that first half. So that's probably why it stayed at six all. But yeah, we had a chat at half time and and we addressed that. Um, we we really felt as though we'd done the damage um, to the middle, to the dragons middle. So playing, we wanted to actually play through them um, in the second half, which basically means you know playing, starting your sets through the middle, but then obviously you're collapsing the edges in defence because they have to come in and help the middle, and then then you get them on the outside and the edges, which which is what the girls did um, in the second half. So. That was more or less the game plan. Obviously, there's a bit more detail in, in that, but that's that was the basis of it. And once again, it's easy for me as a coach to say this is what, what we've got to do, but the players are out there, the ones that are executing that. Um, and, yeah, as you saw in the second half, they did. And, um, and, and Sammy in particular, in one set there, had two carries pushing through as support through the middle because uh, we really literally just cracked them open and Sammy did her job perfectly as, as the fullback, you know, pushing through and... Um, and set up a couple of tries besides the one she scored, um, you know, just through through doing that. So, yeah, I was very impressed with them. Sammy, we're going to ask you about that. I mean, you had a cracking game. Actually, I said to Bells today, we, uh, we were getting you on. She says, ah, oh, Sammy had a cracking game. So it was really, really nice, you know. And we're glued. We're watching this, uh, you know, as I said, it's so good that there's two premium games of football on for our fans at our stadium. But you talked about relationships before, and, and it's really nice to hear that there's such a good, strong bond amongst the girls. How'd you feel just, uh, you know, putting points on the Dragons? To me, um, I don't really care who the opposition is. I think I was just born someone who loves to win and loves to beat anyone that I'm opposing. Um, similar to when we were talking about before about you know, it being a really big occasion in the in the grand opening of Allianz Stadium, that was the similar feeling for me of playing a team I used to be a part of. Um, I didn't think about it too much because to me it didn't change the way I played. I still had to play what my role is week in, week out, and I wasn't going to do anything different. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to win, but, um, yeah, I didn't have any other ulterior motives there to stick to my game plan that um, we all have and to do the same thing. Um, yeah, but the feeling of, of beating them and putting so many points on them um, is more uh, an awesome feeling to know how much we are capable of rather than um, actually beating a team I used to be a part of. It's more how exciting that is, um, what the Roosters can do. And, and the fact that the points that were scored were off so many different types of football we were playing there were some awesome kicks there was um some getting those those middles really tired and just being relentless on them and getting them on the back foot and playing a lot of eyes up footy which we sort of touched on before about um the way that the women's game sort of is is there is a bit of structure there but I think Strangey in particular has done a really good um job and continues to do so of continuing to encourage us to play eyes up footy but it's easy for anyone to say that. Like a, a lot of coaches have always said, um, you know, this is our structure, but play eyes up footy. But I think the difference between Strangey and, and those other coaches for me is what is eyes up footy? Like what am I looking for? Because that's not something for me in particular that 
comes very natural. It might be for boys that have played their entire life, but for me, um, yeah, let's play eyes up footy, but what am I looking at? Uh, am I looking at numbers? Am I looking at a specific player that's tired? Um, am I looking at a weak link in the team? And that's something that I think Strangey's helped us all with a lot and continues to do so. And and we're getting better at that. We're getting better at really looking up and understanding what we're looking at and what we're going to do about it. Tammy, I just uh, I had a question for you. You alluded earlier to obviously just having another baby. So congratulations. Yes. <laughs> and you're coming back, you know, absolutely killing it. Um, had a cracking game, as we just said, run, top the run meters, line breaks on the weekend, scored a try. Set up too. Yeah. I'm battling to think of what to cook for dinner tonight and I'm not a professional rugby league player, <laughs> let alone, you know, like, so I just don't know how you do it. How do you do it? Honestly, I think a part of my personality is I've always got a million things happening and if I don't when I was pregnant in particular I mean I I had a million things happening but didn't no it wasn't exciting I just was getting a big belly and all that happening but um I feel (laughs) I I just I, I think I'm fueled by having so many things happening and it's sort of a part of my personality I love um yeah I just love being on a high and like trying to achieve things all the time. And my husband in particular has said to me so many times in our marriage that to enjoy the present moment, and I do, and that, and I really have to learn to do that a lot um, because I am so goal-driven in all areas of my life. Um, but I do need to sit back and just enjoy the present moment, which at the moment is just playing footy because for as long as I can't remember, I... Um, I haven't played consistent football. I've either had injuries, um, touch wood, sorry, I'm extremely extremely superstitious. Um, I've always had injuries for, you know, the last six, seven years. I've never been able to play an entire NRLW season or or I've had children, which also is another reason why I've just loved this NRLW um, season. Every game I've sat back after our team song in, um, you know, my seat, um, taken my boots off and just expressed so much gratitude to myself of finishing the game because I guess um, that happens a lot for a lot of girls. But for me, I haven't even been able to do little things like that and I'm so grateful to to finish games to the point where I um, told no to Strangey when he tried to pull me off in round two just to give me a bit of a break because I copped a bit of a beating. He's doing me a bit of a favour and I told him no and then I had to apologise to him after the game. I'm sorry about that. I just That's your I competitive I was to stay on the field. I was having so much fun. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, like I said, I'm just that's just my personality. I'm a bit I'm a bit energetic and I love lots of things going on at once. And But I think the other thing is that's different from when before I had children was um, I don't consciously think about it all the time, but, when I am spending time away from my family, particularly when it's pretty much just for myself, um, well, that's the way I sort of I got to get a bit of mum guilt about it. Um, that it's you know really for myself. That I want to make it make it worth it, and um, I think I you know subconsciously have that in the back of my mind that when I go to training, I want to get every single second out of training. Whereas usually I'd be like oh, man, I've got to do extras or I've got to stay back or I've got to go early or whatever, whereas now um, I want to go there and I want to get everything I can out of it because if I'm going to spend time away from my family, I want to make it really worth it. Um, 
But also with that, so like I just said, I do get a bit of mum guilt about it, but coming to the Roosters has been such an amazing thing in terms of the inclusiveness. Um, my little boy now is just rooster mad. He's been, he was dressed as a rooster when I was away on the weekend for footy, FaceTime. He was dressed as a rooster watching um, the roosters' highlights of the boys playing, and he calls himself Reef Warrior of Hargraves. <laughs> Good on him. He that on the back of his jersey with a number eight, and I thought, oh, Dal, I can't do that. People will start questioning what the hell's going on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... So in pre-season, I felt a little bit overwhelmed with how much I'd bitten off. But now that I can see how awesome it is and more so how much my family is getting from me playing rugby league, um, it makes all everything worth it and um, makes me even more driven to do the best I can for the team because of what the club is unintentionally doing for my family in return. Moving forward to this Sunday. A big top-of-the-table clash. Knights have also been undefeated this year. Sunday, one ten at Alliance again, so we'd no doubt expect a big crowd. A question for both of you, but I'll ask you first, Semi. What do we have to do to come away with the two points? Well, winning the game would firstly be... Um, <laughs> it's a good start, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think the best thing that's come out of the last few weeks is there's a lot we can improve on. And I know that um, without even Strangey speaking to us, all the girls are on the same page with that. Um, it's about us not getting too consumed about the three wins or how much we've won by or um, how much, you know, how well we played because there's also a lot of things that we need to improve on. And if we want to be the team that we're, we're set to be um, by our own expectations, then, yeah, we have a lot of things we need to clean up. And um, I think each week we've done a really good job of setting ourselves a new expectation and standard, and I think we're going to continue to do that this weekend um, against the Knights. They'll be a very challenging team. They've got a really strong forward pack, um, but so do we. And I think the best thing got leading into this is our forward pack will have all the more confidence off the last three games going into a pretty experienced forward pack in the Knights. But it's going to be such a good game. Um, how exciting playing again at Allianz and playing top of the table and, yeah, bring it on. You should see us Sunday afternoon, you know, <laughs> beers, <wait>. food, <laughs> footy. And what about yourself, Stranger? Is it a matter of looking where we can improve as a matter of focusing on the Knights game and where we can pick them apart or is it about finding that balance? How do you approach the game? Yeah, like it's a combination, absolutely. Um, we go into every every opponent we have a look at look at them and we'll do video obviously on them with the group and um, and see where we're going to target them, you know, whether it's targeting their um, weaknesses or targeting their strengths to make them weaker. We'll look at that as, as a group. But, um, but the primary focus is on us. Um, definitely, as Sammy just said, there it's it's about us um, improving every every single game and being um, the best team that we can be. You know, I've said that to the group of girls. Not yes, we know it's about winning, but it's not about that. It's about us, and it's about we don't want to just win and um, beat teams. If you know, we don't want to lower our standards. If, if sides need to come up to the way we're playing, that's why I look at it. You know, if we don't want to sort of go, oh, we've won by four points or six points, we didn't play that well. We're not, we're not happy with that. It's about, um, it's just about us and how, how we can keep improving. And that's, that's everyone um, from our staff and players. It's, it's, we've got really high expectations. So 
you know, and it's up to other clubs, however, whatever their expectations are and what they want to achieve, that's up to them. That's, you know, I'm not really too concerned, to be honest. It's, it's just about us inside our four walls and what we want to achieve. And so that's, uh, that's, that's our main focus, to be honest. When you think about, you know, your own coaching style, we, we, you know, we've spoken to quite a few people who know you reasonably well, Bells up on the coast and a few different games. We know you're a pretty handy footballer yourself. You know, you played a bit in the UK as well. Do you draw much on your own experiences, um, you know, successes, failures, things that, you know, ups and downs as a player back then to guide you now with the girls? Yeah, I do actually. Funnily enough, um, after the girls were on the bus, after we won the grand final uh, last year, and one of the, my mates who's known me for quite a while, he said, mate, how many, as a coach, how many grand finals have you won in a row? Because he's known, besides these girls, I've coached males and, and another female side of the Central Coast. And I said, mate, it's been eight eight premierships in a row. I said, but the, the way I am as a coach, I'm completely driven with the fact that I lost seven grand finals as a player. I won one when I was very young, but I lost a heap, and I know how it feels. Probably me as a coach, I'm I'm probably pretty obsessive, but <clears throat> I know how it feels sitting in a in a shed after you've lost the grand final, and I never want any player that I coach to feel like that. So my drive is to be the best coach I can be because I don't want any player that I coach to feel uh, that pain, basically. It's you know, as simple as that. Well, I was just going to say, uh, Strangey, eight grand finals in a, in a row coaching, and now you can add to the accolades. You know, the girls got to run out there on Friday night and be the first on ground, but you were one of the first coaches in the box at the new Allianz Stadium. How was that? <laughs> yeah, like... Look, they're all they're all pretty cool to be honest. All those those things, and um, yeah, they're, they're very special. Um, I think something that I think is incredibly special that I thought about after the game, where they had uh, there's a concrete pile, and you guys might be aware of this. There's a concrete pile on the part of the foundations of Allianz, um outside our sheds that obviously goes all the way up to the top and holds the roof and everything together. Um, they had Isabel Kelly, who was the, the captain, um, sign that sign it and date it they're going to do that teddy obviously did it you know a couple of hours later sign it they, they're going to get all of the victorious captains to sign that but the fact that isabel kelly someone i've had a lot to do with obviously from the central coast and she's come through with me with the you know the central coast roosters and into this uh the fact that she's the first ever captain to sign that 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 will be there for forever as long as Allianz stadium like that, that gives me shivers thinking about stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, it's all good and well. Like, oh, you know, the thing with you mentioned there about being in the box, and that's well, that's pretty cool to be honest. But the things that, um, like I said, that they've they've done that for Izzy, they're the things that, um, yeah, they just send shivers up the spine. There's a lot of a lot of special things like that that um, they afforded the players on that night, and yeah, that they're the things that I'll remember forever. Well, it's something to be very proud of, and it just shows how far the women's game has come. I noticed even just before the kickoff uh, with the men's game, how they went around with the uh, game football and they passed it along. And the last ones to hand it on to the, you know, to the match that was about to start were the girls. So I just thought that was phenomenal. And it's just um, congratulations to all you girls who have brought this game to this level that it's at at the moment. It's just, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. And look, for me, uh, I'm, I'm so proud of all these girls as well for what they're achieving at the moment. They should be, 
applauded in um, in how they're playing at the moment. Not just our girls. I'm talking about all the girls in all the other sides as well. That what they're what they're producing and putting out there, and and just promoting this this awesome game that that I certainly have loved since I was a, probably about three or four. And yeah, they just uh, I'm in awe of them of all of them. To be honest, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, well, guys, we're in awe of you, and you know, you speak so highly of the game, and you're right, you know, strategy. There's no no point having uh, not a good opposition. You know, we're so lucky to pick up, uh, you know, player of the caliber and the quality, Sammy Bremner from the, you know, from the Dragons, bring into our Roosters side, and you know, long may our success continue as this season unfolds. Guys, we want to thank you so much for some insights and some time. We look forward to talking to you again next week as, you know, the season is really shrinking. Sammy, welcome to Roosters Radio on Debut and thank you for your insights. I think the fans are going to love this and we just love what you're doing. We're behind you. You mentioned before the effect it's having on your family and I love what you said, Strangey, about, you know, the relationship with a player like Isabel Kelly becoming the captain. Well, that inspires us as fans to get behind you guys. We want to see you professional, equal with men. You know, we'll keep promoting as much as we can on Roosters Radio till we see the first uh, million-dollar, uh, you know, women's NRL player. And, you know, hopefully it's sooner than later. Our chairman backed it. He said maybe three to five years. So, guys, you're doing the right thing. We are so behind you, and thank you so much for giving us such joy and such a great game because we're all part of a little family, the Rooster family. I'm now Bush Weir of Hargraves, I've decided. I'm on <laughs> Reef's game. Very <laughs> good. Now, thank you. Thanks for having us on, and, and I appreciate the fact that you're promoting and, and fully support the women's game, especially at our club. Yep, you'll hear Bells, uh, Sam. If you hear a bit of a loud pitch voice, that's Bells from yeah, the Captain's Club on uh, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I've really enjoyed it. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Now, guys, before we talk about our first knockout final this weekend, I just wanted to give a bit of a mention off the back of our podcast with Nick Politis last week. I got a really nice message from a guy who was in my school a few years below, Josh Gentle, and he said, my granddad owned many Fords for 30 plus years until his passing. It was his way of supporting the club. Uncle Nick owned City Ford in William Street back in the day. And every few years since 1975... He would go there and buy a brand new Ford, and that was his way of giving back to the club and, and thanking Nick. And he said, you know, it's set such a, a history in our club. It's been, the Roosters have been a part of my life for since I was born and 70 years in the family. So I think that was a nice bit of history. Funny you say that, Pat. I've been inundated with messages and phone calls from supporters and fans alike uh, off the back of our Nick Politis interview. So uh, I know Jimmy Sp- Spiropoulos uh, reached out. I had a number of fans uh, who'd sent us personal messages um, for the great interview that we did with our chairman. So to all the people that reached out, really appreciate that. We we love the feedback and uh, keep them coming because we're all about improving. But guys, let's look forward to another double header. How good is that? Let's kick it off with the women because it's 1v2, both teams undefeated, and it's going to be a beauty. Bells, Roosters oh. and the Knights. Go. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Both undefeated. Um, Sammy just mentioned in the interview. That was a great interview, by the way. That was fantastic was, to it? chat with that. To chat with her. I, I felt like I was in my lounge room. We were just having a yarn. It was awesome. But um, they do have a good pack, Newcastle. So we do have to be dominant up the front and um, you know shut those forwards down, stop those meters, and then our backs again. Their combinations. 
obviously we're going to get the win up, but I just can't wait for Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon football doubleheader. It's going to be gold out there. Kickoff for the girls is at 1.10pm and then the boys kick off at 4.05pm. So I just cannot encourage you enough to get out there and watch this girls game. It's going to be fantastic. Great entertainment for the afternoon. 1.10pm, boys. Yeah, get there. I know we'll be there, Bells. We'll be there cheering on the ladies. Nice nice and early. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. There's some big matchups, obviously. There, there's plenty of uh, former Roosters in the Newcastle mm. lineup, so uh, they'll probably know our style of play, and they would have played with the Central Coast Roosters as well. So uh, plenty on the line there uh, on Sunday afternoon. But moving ahead to the 4 o'clock game, it's a repeat of last week. It's going to be a repeat of the result. Roosters taking on South. Uh, the teams aren't out as we record the podcast, but we are presuming that Victor Radley... Joseph Swali'i and Daniel Tupu will return, as well as Jared Warahargraves and, of course, Sammy Verrills. A pretty star-studded lineup. South get a few back. So much to look forward to, so much to talk about. Paddy, Bells, how do you see it? Oh, look, it's going to be a cracking game, and it's going to be a brand-new game. We've got to forget about the weekend because it's always looking forward, and the finals are always a different game. So... Campbell Graham's coming back into the centres, I believe, for the Bunnies. And um, there's a lot of talk. As you just mentioned, the teams aren't out, Silky. But there is a lot of talk that Cam Murray's a certain to play as well on Sunday, uh, being, you know, a nine-day turnaround from the weekend. So the big names are in. The stage is set. Another week at the new stadium. First week of the finals. It's, you know, a knockout. Whoever loses, season over. Bye-bye. Here comes Mad Monday for them. And it's I'm just totally looking forward to it. I'm going to give you my score prediction now. I'm on a roll, and it's going to be 28 to 12. Wow. I like it. I like wow. it. Wow. I'm already sensing a few nerves, Bells, from you. I am. I hey, am. I can sense it. I can <laughs> sense it. I love it. it. <laughs> hey, you have to go throw some weight around downstairs there at the Isabel Kelly gym. <laughs> Bring it on, boys. Bring it on. Paddy, what about you, mate? Well, there's only one thing better than Roosters vs. South, and it's Roosters vs. South two weeks in a row. So I just, <laughs> I cannot wait for it. I can't wait to get out, watch the girls play, and then, and then sit down and enjoy a nice few beers while I watch watch the rematch from last week. I'm really looking forward to seeing Hargraves out there for a full, well, obviously not 80, but a full game. And I think he just takes these games. And I'm really looking forward to see Teddy standing up. Obviously, Joseph Manu not playing this week, and I think it's a chance for Teddy to. If there is another level, if that's possible for Teddy, but if there is, I think it's is his chance to really gear? take it. I don't know. Does anyone have eight gears? I think we're going to see it this weekend with him. So I'm going to say a bigger score from, from last week. I'm going to say Roosters 32, South 16 again. Okay. Well, look, I'm kind of with you both. I think that South will be smarting, particularly their forward pack, but do they have the forwards to match it with us? And I say no. I do say no. no. I agree. Their big names need to stand up, and we know who we're talking about there, the fullback, of course, and the and, uh, and the 5'8". But if we can control possession, which we did last week very well, and we keep rolling through the forwards, I think it's just set and forget for the Roosters. Continue to play that style of football, and I think we win. Um, I, th- I think this one will be a bit tighter, to be honest, and I think it's going to be built off the back of our defence. So I'm going to say Roosters 16 South Sydney four. Wow. Oh, sounds. So good. I reckon it's going to be a tight one. I, I just, 
I think it's just going to be a tighter game played through the middle because you can't afford to make mistakes in semi-final football. So the team that holds the football generally wins it. And that's, uh, I remember Craig Fitzgibbon saying that once to us uh, on one of the podcasts. I just think with semi-finals, uh, it's so important that you have that high completion rate and the points will come off the back of that. So, uh, you know, that's the method to my madness when it comes to uh, my score prediction, guys. I love it. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Roosters Radio. We want to thank our special guest, NRLW coach John Strange, and the player of the moment, Sammy Bremner. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. East to win. East know how to play the game, they play it hard and fair. East know how to win the game, they give more than their share. They're great to see in action, these boys who show the way. Put the Roosters on the field, they'll show you how to play. Everybody